Thank you for tuning in to Bible Storming Podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad, which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, our aim is to help you be intentional in how you think about the Bible. It is more than just reading the words. It is about diving deep into the text. So let's study together. Here is your host, Daniel Webster. What is up, Bible Stormers? Before we get into this episode, by the way, this is Daniel. <laughs> Before we get into this episode, I just wanted to remind you of what's, what's going on here. We're in our second season of the Bible Storming Podcast, and we are studying God. And for this episode, the episode before it, and the episode after it, we're studying what's called the Kalam Cosmological Argument for God's existence. Now, in my opinion, this is the most powerful argument for God, especially, we might say, the most intellectually powerful argument for the existence of God. Now, fair warning, in this episode, we get a little deep into the weeds. <laughs> like It gets pretty deep. Uh, our, our guest, Dean Meadows, dives really deep, and for me, it's, it's, it's super fun. Like, it is, it's where I wanted to go, <laughs> um, but it might not be for you. So just fair warning, it gets pretty philosophical in this, um, in this episode. So if you think that you will not get anything out of it, you might just want to skip to the next one where we kind of discuss more scientific evidence for this, the second premise. Whereas this episode, we're, talk, we're talking mainly philosophical evidence for the second premise of the argument. So fair warning, but I think you'll enjoy it. Without further ado, here it is. Okay, so let's dive into the two kind of main back like backings <laughs> for right. this premise. There's at least and from from what I've studied on it, there's there's the philosophy the philosophy backing and then the scientific backing. And those are I know those those are the two routes that Dr. Craig normally goes on. For you, what's your what's your favorite way to go about proving or trying to give evidence for this second premise? Well, I like I like both routes, um, but it, but I think if we're going to uh, teach this to what I like to call lay Christians, your average, uh, you know, church goer or young person, um, <clears throat> the philosophy side of it can be extremely technical. Um, right, when you're talking right. about the difference between. Uh, actual infidence and potential infidence and traversing an infinite and all the things that Craig talks about with regards to infinity. So I, I usually go on the side of let's talk about the scientific data to show that shows that the universe had uh, a beginning. And I, I usually sketch that out, um, you know, through a, a historical means of, of, you know, the scientific data from uh, really Einstein up to, um, you know, Bord, Guth, and, and Vilenkin in the early 2000s. Um, so that's kind of where I would go with it if I were teaching it to somebody. Now, if I were in a debate with someone online or on campus, I would, I would try and use uh, both routes to, to do that. Okay, so assuming that people are still here, <laughs> well, we're, we've been talking about some pretty deep stuff. So assuming that they're still here, I think they'd be interested enough to try to follow along with the philosophical side um, of trying to give evidence for the second premise. So just, you know, you don't have to go too far into the weeds. I know it's, it's a lot at once for people who've, who maybe have never heard this before. 
but just kind of give us an overview of the philosophical backing. Like for, for me, when I first encountered this, I had never considered that there could be kind of a philosophy, like a philosophy of the universe beginning to exist, like a cosmological philosophy almost. So right. kind of give, kind of give like a little overview of how this is used um, and maybe an analogy, if you have one that maybe can help people grasp on. All right. Well, <laughs> I know that was a let's, lot. Let's let's see if um, is, if we can do that. Um, so I'll give Craig's argument, and then I'll give um, a secondary argument that uh, Robert Coons out of the University of uh, Texas at Austin has uh, here recently come up with to defend the second premise. That is one and so, guy. That is a smart dude. So the first philosophical argument for the beginning of the universe is an argument from the impossibility of what's called an actual infinite. And so uh, Craig frames the argument uh, this way. He says, premise one, actual, uh, an actual infinite cannot exist. Premise two, an infinite temporal regress of events is an actual infinite. Premise three, Therefore, an infinite temporal regress of events cannot exist. Now, uh, we're about to get way deep into the weeds, so put your thinking <laughs> As soon as you on. said infinite temporal regress, right. <laughs> we got right. into the weeds. <laughs> right. So, we, we have to understand the difference between an actual and a potential infinite if we're going to understand Craig's argument. And so, when we, when we look at this... Um, uh, an actual infinite is a, a collected whole. It is a collection which can be put in a one-to-one correspondence with a whole collection. So, uh, so that the proper part has the same number of members as the whole. Now, if you want to you know, dive into that, I would suggest look at things that uh, Alexander Proust has written or just look at you know, a further example of that in things like set theory, right? Um, a potential infinite is a collection in which the membership is not definite in number, but may be increased without limit. So uh, let me see if I can um, put put this maybe a little bit more simply. Um, so while the addition to the collection could be indefinite, there, there's no point where we reach a infinitieth number, right? Like a, oh, well, here's the number 20. Okay, now we've arrived at the number, uh, the infinitieth number, right? So this is what Craig says about potential infinites. Craig says um, potential infinites can exist, right? Um, and we need to make sure Craig's not arguing that... Um, Actual infinity, actually, actual uh, infinities are illogical, but rather that actual infinites or actual infinity uh, works well in set theory. It's consistent with concepts in math, but it can't be translated to the actual world. All right. So, for instance, let me try and give. Um, uh, an example, all right? And this is the example that Craig gives uh, in defending premise two. Uh, it's called uh, Hilbert's Hotel. And so what uh, David Hilbert does, who's a famous German mathematician, 
Hilbert imagines a ordinary hotel with a finite number of rooms. There's only a set number of rooms. Let's say that set is 200. And all the rooms are full. Well, if a new guest were to check in, the manager of the hotel would have to say, hey, sorry, all the rooms are full, which would obviously end the possibility of that guest getting a room. Right. Also just be sad. Right. It would be sad. But so Hilbert says, but now imagine a hotel with an infinite number of rooms. All right. So we went from 200 rooms to an infinite number of rooms. And let's, let's suppose once again that all the rooms were full. So from, from number one all the way out to infinity, all the rooms are full. There's not a single vacancy throughout the entire hotel. So every room has someone in it. Well, what happens if a new guest uh, shows up and says, hey, I'd like to have a room? The manager would say, the manager says, well, no problem, and moves all of the occupants. Um, so the guy in room one goes to room two, the person in room two goes to room three, and so on to infinity. Well, as a result, room number one becomes available and the new guest can check in. But here's the problem. Uh, before he arrived, all the rooms were already full. So you, that's, that's where you have this, this problem. So you and just Craig added go, one to infinity. You added one to infinity, but... Which is impossible the, the problem because is, it how do wouldn't you, be infinity. How do you, yeah. How do you create... How do you create... If all of the rooms out to infinity are, um, are occupied... How do you make room for one other person? It, it's it, it seems to be um, uh, a a paradox, right? So, uh, and and Craig goes on to say, now suppose an infinite number of new guests show up looking for a room, right, and seeking to accommodate the infinite number of guests. The manager moves each occupant into the room twice their number, so. Guy in room number one moves to room two. Occupant in room two moves to room four. Uh, you know, the person in room three moves to room six. So out into infinity. And so, uh, you know, it's interesting because what Craig says is that the genius of the manager is that uh, since any number multiplied by two is an even number, all the guests end up in an even number room, leaving all of the odd number rooms vacant for the infinite number of guests. Now, he says the manager could allow this exact scenario to take place an infinite amount of times, and the infinite number of guests would not change. It would still be infinite. Well, how does that work? We have an infinite number of rooms occupied. We've added an infinite number of guests, and the number hasn't changed, right? Or or maybe some simple math would help people out to see kind of the the uh, absurdity of of uh, infinity. Uh, what's infinity minus actual, infinity? You're talking about actual infinity, right? Right, right. Just to clarify, what, yeah. Yeah, what's infinity minus infinity? Well, it's still infinity, <laughs> right? Uh, well, how do you subtract infinity from infinity and still get uh, infinity? So uh, that's essentially what Craig means, is that this idea of an actual infinite is... Uh, possible in set theory. It's possible in concepts of mathematics, but these types of things can't be translated uh, into um, 
the actual uh, universe. So, uh, for instance, maybe a, maybe even a more bare bones disc, uh, illustration that I like to use is: let's say you had uh, a book with an actually infinite number of pages, and you wanted to fill every single page with writing about philosophy, you know, or the Kalam, right? Um, could you ever I think we're getting there? Right. Could you ever, could you ever finish the book? Well, no, you couldn't, you couldn't ever finish the book in real time because for every page that you turn, there's always going to be another page. So you couldn't actually, um, you couldn't actually finish a book that had an actually infinite number, uh, of pages. Well, let's, let's, you know, um, make it even a little bit more crazy. Uh, let's say you had an actually a, a book with um, an infinite number of blank pages and you had an infinite amount of time. Well, could you ever finish the book? Well, no. you still couldn't do it because even if you had an infinite amount of time, you'd still have an infinite amount of pages to get through. You couldn't finish it. So, um, Or let's say you were sitting in class and there was... Um, you know, an infinite amount of ch- empty chairs there. And you wanted to say, well, there's an infinite amount of chairs there, but you wanted to remove 20. Okay. Well, you've removed 20 chairs from an infinite amount. What are you still left with? You're still left with what? You're still left with 20. So it doesn't, it doesn't make uh, much sense. Um, so kind of transitioning, um, uh, unless you want to elaborate on that or ask <laughs> well, me questions let's about recap that, <laughs> it super quick because I was, I was I know that was a lot to take in. So right, let, let's just recap super quickly. So let, let me restate what you're saying back, and then you can clarify if I got something wrong. Right. So the argument is basically that an actual infinite number of something cannot exist in reality, and then so we're we're applying it to the universe, right? So the universe can't be infinite, can't be eternal in the past, past eternal, because that would require an infinite amount of what? Events, time? Yeah, that would be a, a, temp, a infinite temporal regress of events, right? And so you come up with these types of uh, paradoxes that take place. Okay, so that's, that's the basic like philosophical backing for this premise right is that well, well, think it about, can't be real quick eternal. let me yeah let me let me let me throw it this way this is why the second premise is for craig's argument is is important think about it for a second if the universe has been around for an infinite number uh of years um how could we ever get to something like today this very interview we couldn't because there would always be a day before today. Hmm. But here's the thing. We would both agree that we've arrived at today. I think. So that would show that the universe is not a, uh, te- a infinite temporal regress of events, which is what Craig shows in his philosophical defense. And then he backs that up with um, the scientific uh, defense, if that's where you want to go. Yeah, I think uh, I think that'll be easier to comprehend. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I, the way that I when I teach it, right, I, right, I, I I go immediately to this. And if anybody has questions about the philosophy behind it, we'll I say let's just talk on the side.
Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.